Thank you for joining us for Talking Sleep, a podcast of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Seema Kosla, Medical Director of the North Dakota Center for Sleep in Fargo. I'm excited to welcome you to Talking Sleep, a podcast that will explore a wide variety of topics related to the clinical practice of sleep medicine. In this episode, we'll discuss the use of medical cannabis in the treatment of obstructive sleep apnea. Our correspondent, Dr. Meghna Manzukani, talks with Dr. Banu Kola, Vice Chair of Education in the Department of Psychiatry and Psychology at the Mayo Clinic. Dr. Kola is an addiction psychiatrist and sleep physician who studies the interaction between sleep disturbances and addictive disorders. This discussion will review the literature and evidence on the use of medical marijuana in the treatment of OSA and discuss treatment recommendations. I'll turn it over to Dr. Mansukani to get us started. What is the process for providers to prescribe medical cannabis and where do patients obtain it? So the way medical cannabis laws work depend on the state that patients belong to. So each state does this differently. So I practice in Rochester, Minnesota, and I'm aware of the uh, rules governing medical cannabis prescribing in Minnesota. The way it works here is any provider, this can be an MD, physician's assistant, or a nurse practitioner, can get qualified. This usually means filling out an online form, providing uh, some contact details, DEA numbers. And after that, the state reviews this and approves people to be uh, qualified practitioners. And what that in practice means is you assess the patient, make a determination as to whether they have a qualifying condition or not. And basically, that is all that is required of these providers. This assumes that they have some basic knowledge of the underlying condition, that they have done a physical exam, reviewed tests, and based off those uh, assessments, make a determination that the patient has one of the conditions that the state deems to be a qualifying condition to obtain medical cannabis. And at that point, it is up to the patient and their caregivers, or uh, if the patient is under 18, their parents or guardians, to then contact a dispensary, which will then dispense the medical cannabis. And the prescriber, or actually the person who is qualifying them, has no role in determining what they get and how much uh, cannabis or cannabis products they obtain, or even what type of product they end up obtaining. Thanks for clarifying that. So what is the evidence for the use of medical cannabis in OSA or obstructive sleep apnea? Overall, the evidence is actually very weak. There have been up to three studies so far. The first actually was in uh, rat models where they showed that what they called a post psi apnea got better with dronabinol, which is a synthetic analog of THC. So THC is one of the compounds that is the psychoactive compound in the cannabis plant. And people need to be aware that there are maybe up to 140 or even more uh, number of compounds in the cannabis plant and THC is just one of those. So dronabinol, which is a synthetic analog of THC, was tested in the initial study. And after that, there was an open label study 
where they looked at the impact of varying doses of dronabinol on patients with moderate to severe sleep apnea. The study showed that in some patients there was improvement in sleep apnea, but overall the response was quite heterogeneous in that some patients got better, some patients in fact actually ended up getting worse. And one of the common side effects of the medication in the open label trial was sedation or sleepiness. And then there was what was called the PACE trial, which was a randomized control trial of about 73 patients, again, with moderate to severe sleep apnea. The average HI was close to 25, and they uh, also were sleepy with an average upward scale of about 11. Here, the patients got randomized to placebo or 2.5 milligrams of dronabinol or 10 milligrams of dronabinol and they examined the impact of dronabinol on the AHI, the apnea hypopnea index. The way the results are reported, what the authors state is that dronabinol resulted in significant improvements in the AHI as compared to placebo. But when we look at the results carefully, what we see is there, have, there were improvements in the AHI in patients taking 2.5 and 10 milligrams of dronabinol, but overall changes were about two to four points. So the AHI improved by two or four. The significance was only when it was compared to the change in the placebo group, where in fact the AHI actually went up. So the difference was statistically significant and they do not comment on what happens in comparison to baseline scores with the dronabinol uh, at the end of the trial. And the other thing I would caution our listeners about is sometimes results can be statistically significant and statistical significance does not necessarily equal clinical significance. So improvements by two or four in the sleep lab really are clinically not meaningful at all. So I don't think that the evidence at this point supports the use of dronabinol or any other cannabis products for the treatment of sleep apnea, especially since we have other treatments which are much more effective with minimal to no side effects. Let's pause for a moment before we talk more about prescribing medical marijuana for the treatment of sleep apnea. You're listening to Talking Sleep from the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. Bring the annual excellence of the sleep meeting to your own home with a virtual sleep meeting held August 27th through the 30th. Attendees will have exclusive access to pre-conference sessions, plus more course content and speakers than ever before, with recordings available on demand after the meeting. Learn more at sleepmeeting.org. Welcome back to Talking Sleep. Let's return to our discussion with Dr. Meghna Mansukhani and Dr. Panu Kola. Are there any other studies supporting the use of medical cannabis for other sleep disorders? There is actually very little research looking into the use of cannabis and cannabis products in the treatment of other sleep problems. There have been studies examining the impact of cannabis and cannabis products on sleep in patients who have other conditions, so like fibromyalgia, uh, spasticity, chronic pain. And there, there are some minimal improvements. There are uh, recent studies that have examined the impact of 
cannabidiol, which is another cannabis uh, compound that's present in the cannabis plant and haven't shown really much benefit uh, in a randomized controlled trial examining its impact on the sleep architecture and uh, other measures of sleep continuity. There also is an open label trial looking at the impact of cannabidiol or CBD as it's commonly known in patients with anxiety on sleep where it did not show improvement. And there is a much more recent uh, study that came out of Israel, which again examined the impact of um, medical cannabis, so various compounds on sleep measures in patients with chronic pain, where they showed that there's a minimal improvement in terms of the number of awakenings at night, but patients who reported more uh, extensive use, people who were using more frequently larger quantities actually had worse measures of sleep continuity as compared to those who were using it less frequently, showing that it might in fact be disruptive to sleep. So at this point, just to summarize, I don't think that there is any convincing good quality data showing that cannabis products are uh, showing any degree of uh, improvement in other sleep problems. Uh, thank you for that comprehensive look into the literature um, on sleep disorders in general. Uh, what are the long-term, potential long-term side effects that one should be aware of when it comes to cannabis? So in terms of long-term problems, most of our uh, literature actually comes from recreational use of cannabis. And what we know from studies examining recreational use of cannabis is that Cannabis use does increase the risk of psychosis. So people, and especially this is in teens and uh, younger adults who smoke large quantities over uh, extended periods of time have increased risk of developing a psychotic disorder or even schizophrenia. In terms of other long-term risks, we do know that uh, cannabis products can result in uh, weight gain, it can cause uh, some degree of cognitive impairment, but those would be the most common long-term side effects that we would expect with the use of cannabis. And just again, to clarify that this is mostly recreational cannabis use. So I thought uh, you mentioned when you talked about the Minnesota Department of Health brief, um, that it was not limited to adults. Is that right? So the way the Minnesota Department of Health uh, lists the qualifying condition, it does not make any distinction between adults and children. So uh, one could assume that children would also qualify under this condition, but also uh, just to be aware that after this was publicly released, the Minnesota Sleep Society and the ASM had their uh, public positions against this, and the Department of Health right now lists a number of caveats to this particular qualifying condition, and when providers qualify patients for medical cannabis for sleep apnea, they in fact get a reminder from the Department of Health letting them know that the evidence is weak and that there are multiple other alternatives. So the Department of Health has taken into account some of the concerns that were raised by the various sleep societies. Uh, that's good. I thought I heard you mention uh, weight gain as a potential side effect and cognitive disturbances. Are there any other side effects specifically in the OSA population 
that should be we should be concerned about and secondly anything from the addiction or dependence standpoint that as sleep providers we should be concerned about so in the short term uh the one study that examined various combinations of thc and cbd did show that in young adults taking uh THC and CBD at nighttime results in increased sleepiness during the daytime. This is especially important in a patient population that already has obstructive sleep apnea, which causes sleepiness, increases the risk of motor vehicle accidents and other um, accidents secondary to reduced alertness and wakefulness. So this would be a particular concern in this patient population if they're using medical cannabis to treat their sleep apnea. The other thing I would um, flag for the sleep providers in terms of use of medical cannabis for sleep problems is that there is now a growing literature to show that there is concern that people who were previous heavy recreational users are the ones who are most likely to obtain a medical marijuana card and to end up using medical marijuana. So there might be some degree of substitution. Again, this is in large populations. So this is by no means uh, an indication that each patient who is seeking medical cannabis is doing this, but this is again a concern that they need to be aware of. Earlier in the podcast, you had mentioned that from the pharmacy, uh, the patients could obtain different sorts of uh, preparations. So this would be, in theory, different than dronabinol that was studied in the PACE trial? The way the medical marijuana laws work in the state of Minnesota, once a qualifying provider provides a patient with a certification that they have one of the conditions that qualify them for medical marijuana, the patient or the caregiver then go to the dispensary. And at that point, the pharmacist at the dispensary will make a decision as to what kind of cannabis product they obtain and at what dose. So there is very little that the providers can state in terms of what they want the patient to get. And it is almost uh, a given that they will not be obtaining dronabinol, which is the one particular compound that has been tested. And like we discussed, the evidence is very, very weak, but there really is no evidence with any of the other compounds, which most likely is what the patients will end up obtaining. So to summarize, there is limited evidence in the medical literature supporting the use of medical cannabis for obstructive sleep apnea treatment. And there is the unknown risk of harm or side effects in the long term. Are there any other concerns you want to share on this topic, Dr. Kola? So obstructive sleep apnea is a common condition with severe consequences. So cardiovascular consequences, uh, neuropsychiatric consequences, and increased risk of motor vehicle accidents. This is a condition that has treatment options that are well-researched, have a long track record, and are extremely safe. CPAP is the ideal treatment. 60 to 70% of patients adhere to CPAP and do well on it. And in patients who are unable to do so, there are multiple alternatives. So we have a whole list of options that are well-researched, evidence-based, with minimal side effects. And that should still be our ideal in terms of managing these patients. 
And uh, at this point, the evidence supporting the use of cannabis and cannabis products in the treatment of sleep apnea is extremely limited and uh, they should at this point not be considered treatment options. So what is the American Academy of Sleep Medicine's position statement uh, on this topic? The American Academy of Sleep Medicine pretty much echoes the previous sentiment in that they state very clearly that at this point, cannabis and cannabis products should not be considered for the treatment of obstructive sleep apnea. And they are quite categorical in that statement. And that would be your recommendation as well. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Kola. Thank you for listening to Talking Sleep, brought to you by the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. For more podcast episodes, please visit our website at aasm.org. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast service. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a rating or review. I hope you'll join us again for more Talking Sleep. Until next time, this is Dr. Seema Kosla, encouraging you to sleep well so you can live well. 